0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Flip the Switch. In this episode, we interview a friend of mine, Erin Davis, and she starts off by giving us insight into her journey from not knowing what she wanted to do out of high school to finding her way to Germany to coming back to the States and becoming a teacher, all in due time. We both relive our glory days at Starbucks and share some fun memories we had. And we're both convinced that if needed, we could jump on bar and sling some drinks at a moment's notice. We then start to discover that Erin's journey to become an entrepreneur and full-on business owner started when she was young, where she sold all sorts of things as early as the seventh grade. You can tell that Erin lights up when she starts to dive into her journey on how she started her own dry shampoo company and began selling homemade products that she created. Erin's story is a unique one, but one that I know a lot of people will connect with at certain points. I can't encourage you enough to take a listen and see what stands out to you. We talk about how one of the biggest hurdles that Erin had to overcome has been internally rather than anything externally. We both discuss how sometimes going too fast creates unnecessary stresses and how she's been able to find her way slowly but surely to where she really feels comfortable and she's starting to grow. I want to thank you again for taking the time to listen to these interviews, and I hope that just one episode gives you some quality information. Thanks again and enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Mason and welcome to Flip the Switch, a podcast where we focus on what happens after people turn the switch off from their high performing workdays and choose to focus on self-improvement. During the season of Flip the Switch, we will be interviewing people from all walks of life, taking a dive into their mindset, rituals, drives, and piecing together why or how they have ended up where they are at. During these podcasts, the first half will be a casual conversation and allow us to get to know the interviewee. As we continue into the conversation, I'll aim to uncover the secrets, habits, and intentional steps people have taken to achieve their success. My goal is to share this so that you may be able to piece together your own habits to form success down the road. I thank you for choosing to take this journey with me and hope you find value in just one of the interviews. Enjoy the show hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of flip the switch with myself mason lopez Um, i'm excited for this episode because i'm gonna sing down with a friend who i haven't had a conversation like this with before and so it's a chance for me to get to know her more and just listen about her journey Um, a little bit about her before she introduces herself is she's a world traveler former barista former teacher and now self-made entrepreneur and so uh aaron go ahead and introduce yourself and just get started with tell us a little bit about your traveling uh, adventures, and maybe your first or your favorite two places you've been before.
1: Oh my gosh. There's Okay. I love traveling. I don't know if you've done the Enneagram at all, but I'm an Enneagram seven, which is like the enthusiast. And one of the things that fuels us is travel. So basically anywhere I've gone, I love, I really loved London. So I lived in Germany for six months. 2011 to 2012 and then I got your wife's sister to go and I'm like you need to go to Germany to the school that we were at she went and now she's over there permanently um until she moves back but it's um, soon what
0: it's happening soon
1: I hope so I hope so shouts to you Sarah Bear (laughs) um yes so I when I lived over there it was just incredible to experience different cultures all over the world and being in different countries. And um, so I loved that. So I loved London the best because I could understand the language, you know, that's really helpful. And then, oh gosh, where else? I really loved Venice. I think that was super cool. Like walking along the canals and then we went off to like this island in the Mediterranean. Yeah. Super dope, loved it. And What was the other question? Was there another
0: one? No, that was just, yeah, starting with with traveling and things like that. So, traveling. Yes. We, I was trying to think when we actually met, because I think. Oh, my gosh. Because we're both friends with Travis. Right. And that's, I think that's the whole target thing was like the start. But I don't think we knew each other before that.
1: No, I think it was probably like 2010. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then after that. You started working at Starbucks, I think, before everybody. So everyone followed you.
1: Oh, you know, just trying.
0: So how long did you work at Starbucks?
1: I worked there, let's see here, winter 2011 to like the end of it. So I guess like January to the end of 2011 when I left for Germany. Okay. And then I came back after six months, worked there again for another couple years, I feel like, and then left for Moscow. Um, finished my degree to become a teacher, came back and then I worked at Texas Roadhouse for three months, realized I'm not cut out to be a server. Um, I think I died inside every shift, love Roadhouse, but the serving part,
0: it was tough. It was
1: tough. I'm like, I mean, I
0: even, I did it for a while and it was still like, yeah, you almost had to like go in the back and like prep yourself before every shift be like, it doesn't matter if I get stiff. It doesn't matter if someone yells at me.
1: Even though it did, and I'm like, okay, it's fine, it's fine. You know what? Move on. Even though they, I gave great service, I thought, and they didn't have any qualms, and they had like this huge steak dinner, and it was like hundred something bucks, hundred fifty bucks, stiffed me. Nothing. I'm like, that is the worst feeling. Yeah. And then I told Zach, and we were engaged at the time, and he felt really bad for me, so he had one of the bussers slip me like twenty, and he's like, oh, I think you like missed your tip, and. Um, I was like, no way. That's so cool.
0: How long did he wait to tell you that?
1: Um, I found out two months later from the busser. like, oh, that one time. Yeah, that you were feeling pretty down. Zach gave me money to give to you. I'm like, oh, thank cool. you. That's cool. I yeah. still do a crappy job. It's fine. Um, well,
0: I, I remember because <clears throat> I started at Starbucks after you and I was like gung ho of working all the holidays. Cause yes. I told, I always heard about massive tips. Yes. Like the moment I got, was hired, I was like, oh yeah, if you can work a holiday,
1: yeah, make bank. you'll make a
0: bunch of money. Absolutely. And so I was like, okay, well I need to start working at other stores so yeah. I can like get my foot in the door. Right. And I remember showing up and it, actually Levi also worked there for did like a small really? bit of time. He, that's right, he did. Yeah, so I, so my, so one of my funny. first, it was like the first month I worked at Starbucks. Yeah. I work at your guys' store. Yes, and
1: I remember that. I was there for that yeah. shift. I was on bar, and you were like an R one.
0: Yep, I was, I was there, like, and you left like halfway through the shift. And okay. after that, not a single person talked to me.
1: Wow, the rest
0: the, the, uh, rude. The rest of my four hour shift, I, I just sat on the I front heard and just. That
1: my store kind of had a little reputation for that, and I'm like, come on, guys. It was
0: good nice. once I became a non newbie. Yeah, but
1: and then you can make fun of the other ones that yeah. are new, and you're like, wow, you made that drink super wrong. Yep, You should just get better.
0: There's times where I, and we've joked about this on Instagram, but like you'll still go to the store and you'll, you'll ask for something and you'll know it's like difficult and they're like, I don't know. And you're like, you can.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Calling them out a little bit and like feeling kind of bad. Yep. But at the same time, it's like, I just know how I like my drink made and I know it's really extra, Yep, but I need this. So give it to me, please.
0: Please don't ruin this one thing I have.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, oh, did you work here? I'm like, I did. <laughs> yep.
0: did. Have you ever, I think we've joked about this, but have you ever had like a two ticket order? Uh, like your, your drink's so specific that you've.
1: Yes. Well, not for me personally, oh, okay. but I mean, I've had that yeah. um, come through and I'm like, okay, like that's maybe the line, but also if they're paying like eight bucks for it. Because
0: some of those, yeah, they're expensive.
1: Wild. This this lady would come by. I What was this, like 10 years ago. I still remember she'd come by every day. She was not very kind, you know, but um, she would just order a specific drink. And if there was a person on bar that she didn't like, she would call them out and say, I don't want that person making my drink, like switch over and like just stare at me until it happened. I'm like, eh, I can't really do that. And she's like, you can do that and do it now. Like legitimately was like that. And she would have like almost to the next one if not to the next.
0: I had a I had a guy. I was able to win him over. But yeah. that definitely happened to where I messed his drink up one time and I was like that's it. Like
1: Yeah. No. Wow. And
0: then it, it took for like a month. Like there was a couple times where he I think it was, he would come through the, he came through the drive. That's what it was. Yes. And so he didn't know who was on bar. Yes. And so eventually I had to like pretty much tell him like, I've made your drink the last three times. Like <laughs> you can trust me.
1: I am okay. Okay. It the was one time. time. First time. Don't remember that.
0: Yeah. No PTSD or anything about <sighs> Starbucks days.
1: I know it's I still wake up thinking I missed my 3:30 AM alarm to open and I'm opening with my manager and oh. I like start to get like.
0: I went through like a weird week mm-hmm. of those just random Ugh. I mean, nightmares really, yeah. but like felt like I woke up and I was like, Oh my God, I'm still at Starbucks. So and real, like,
1: so real. I'm like, what is that?
0: Yep. It's in you. Yeah. yeah. I always, Kelsey is like, do you think you could ever like go back and just jump on bar? I'm like, yes. Yes. Like unfortunately yes. I don't think I'll ever be able to. It's
1: robotic. It's like that muscle memory mm-hmm. happens and like it's a shame to say, but I actually would like smell the drink sometimes to see if I put in like the the syrups, and I'm like, I hope nobody sees this. But also, I have no idea if I put it in because it's like muscle memory. Oh yeah, but there's plenty
0: of those drinks where I couldn't tell you <laughs> if there was flavor or not. But they drank them. They never came back.
1: They drank them, and that's what you know. That's what matters.
0: Yep. <laughs> so um, after being a barista, you mentioned yes. a little bit. Mm-hmm. You went to school to be a teacher. I did. So where'd you go to school? What was yeah. that like? Anything like that?
1: Yeah. So right out of high school, I went to NIC no idea what I wanted to do at all, which thank, really? thank God for NIC. Yeah. Um, I come from like a very, like a background where everybody's either a doctor or a teacher. That's just all they do literally, or my mom's a nurse, but like for generations back, it's just doctors and teachers. Um, so I kind of like felt that pressure and then my parents were like, you are going to go to NIC. And I, I was like, okay, yeah, like I'll go there. And I remember my first year, my freshman year, I wanted to drop out and, like, do an intern at this church, like, an internship. And I got threatened to be kicked out. So I was like, well, I can't afford as an 18-year-old to, like, live by myself or, like, trying to find something last minute. So I was like, I'll just stick with school. And so I did two years there, got my associates um, uh, in... I was a biology major at the beginning because I wanted to be an ultrasound technician. That's what I did my senior paper on, like shadowed, all of that. And then I'm like, I would be in a dark room all day. And I think By by myself, like giving good news, bad news. And I'm like, I think I would just die inside. So I opted out of that. And I was like, okay, what else can I do? So then... I went to Germany and then was there for six months and was like, okay, I have a passion for kids. Like, how can I do that with school? Yeah. And I was like, oh, teaching, like may as well just go for it. So I came back and I did like a couple more months of trying to do ultrasound technician stuff. And I was like, okay, no, this is just not for me. So then I did more teaching classes, like prereqs for the teaching program. Yeah. Um, and then, Summer happened. I met my husband, um, and it was funny because like a month prior to meeting Zach, I was like, "I am not going to date. I am not going to be married. I'm going to be a single woman. Move to New York City. Teach to inner city kids. Like ooh, that's what I'm going to do.
0: Going to live the dream."
1: Yes, And then God was like, nope, that is not for you. And I'm like, okay, literally a month after that, I met Zach um, at Starbucks and cause he was a barista there. So it's like, I love Starbucks. It just like has such a part to like, Oh, definitely. Obviously my history and my husband and now my family. Yeah. So basically it's an excuse every day to go to Starbucks, right. And say, Zach, this is where we met. We need to go here daily. We
0: have to go and like relive the the passion every
1: day. And he's like, no, I don't think every day. And I was like, fine. So yeah, we met. And then I went down to Moscow still, um, and finished my last year as my senior year. And then, um, I walked for graduation and then he proposed the next day and then, um, you advise like you need to take one more class. It's going to be a summer class and you need it. And you can't do it with student teaching, which I was going to do that fall. And I was like, um, I'm sorry, what? You didn't tell me this any of the last couple years prior. They're like, yeah. no, but you need to do it. And it's a month long course and it starts right now. So it was like, we are engaged for three months. The first month of it, I was like writing papers for like senior papers, like grad level course. I'm like, what is happening? I don't even know. And then I started a new job at Texas Roadhouse, learning how to be a server. So that was all the first month of engagement. It. um Yikes. not ideal wouldn't recommend um zero out of ten and then the next two months finished that class we got married um on my honeymoon came back and then the next day I think I went into teaching um, my student teaching and then I graduated that December and then substitute taught all the next you know remainder of the school year yeah and then I got my first job at Woodland middle School in sixth grade follow 2015.
0: So that's a lot. <clears throat> yeah. So it was interesting. You mentioned, so starting with school, yeah. wanting to be a tech Yeah. and then wanting to kind of like maybe step back and do mm. an internship at a church. Yeah. Um, kind of was like, Nope, can't do that. And you're like, okay, cool. I'll just, I guess, yeah. finish this out in a way. Right. What was it like, or was there any sort of hurdle that you had to kind of go through with your parents to go to Germany? Cause that's kind of a I mean, I feel like that would be even a bigger step compared to like, hey, I want to do this internship. Totally. You know what? I'm going to go across the world.
1: Right. I, I mean, actually, my mom was the one that was like, you need to go to Germany. So I was like, okay, yes. Like, I'll do that. Yeah. And she's like, we'll pay for it. Um, I'm like, okay. Like, done. Sign sold." Like, I will go there. And my brother had gone there two years prior. Um, So, yeah. It was just really random. Yeah. But like... Ended up being life changing, so I was yeah. like, "Thanks, mom."
0: <laughs> thanks for the fun, fun adventures and yeah, traveling.
1: Thanks for that. Nice. So, yeah, and then cool. I was
0: So, I was just interested that kind of with with that little side tangent. So, yes. Um. So you started with teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that in regards to it? Sounds like it was kind of a whirlwind of graduating, still going to school, trying to enjoy a huge new chapter of your life, being married, and then right jumping right into student teaching or substitute teaching. So what was that? What was that like?
1: It was wild. Um, I don't even think I fully processed it until like months later. I've always been a journaler. Like I love journaling. I've kept a journal since I was probably pretty consistently since eighth or ninth grade. Um, and so I've been able to see I don't know, just like, you know, the different stages of life, the different things that were hurdles, et cetera. And like going back to like the journaling from that time, I was like, wow, it was just wild. That's just really the only adjective I have to describe that. But it was so good at the same time. And like marrying your best friend, as you know, is like the best. And I'm so grateful for that aspect. Um, so yeah, I think it was just a lot of adjustment time. Um, yeah. You know, adjusting to being married, adjusting to student teaching and like trying to like have prospects for my career and yeah. um, like having a house then now that I have to like keep up on too and like cooking. All dinner.
0: the adulting stuff that adulting. you're like, oh yeah, this is stuff they don't tell you about.
1: So hard.
0: <laughs> well, so what was it, you mentioned after after coming back from Germany, mm-hmm. you knew something, it had to do with something with kids, like going forward, I just wanna yes. do something around kids. Yes. Um, so, what was that like kind of working all those years, getting to that point and then um, not only the first couple of days of substitute teaching, but also like when you officially became a teacher, yeah, what was that like as regards to like okay, I've been for lack of a better term idolizing it, yeah till you get to that point and right. then you're finally doing it yeah. was there anxiety, uh apprehensiveness what was that like those first couple times because I would imagine substitute teaching is different than teaching, teaching.
1: Right. Yeah. Like when you teach, teach, um, substitute teachers, bless their hearts and souls because those kids are ruthless. I I subbed in an eighth grade math class. Oh my gosh. I think I, (laughs) I remember being
0: a student and yes. Oh, there's a substitute teacher. Cool. We're not going to do anything today.
1: Absolutely. And the nerdy boy. Oh my gosh. My favorite. He actually answered questions. The only one that talked to me the whole time. I'm like, you're so wonderful. Thank you. Appreciate all of those bookworms, you know, I yeah. love it. I love them. Um, so yeah, getting my first teaching job, it was definitely surreal, but it was obviously like wonderful. It's like, okay, cool. And like, now I'm here and now I want to impact the kids. Yeah. And, um, so that was three months. And then we got surprised pregnant with Adeline. Um, so <laughs> that was funny. Like three months into it, like finally yep. kind of getting into a routine and then all of a sudden I was just exhausted and I'm like, what is wrong with me? And I've told people before, but like I was stopping by the coffee stand, drinking like five shot espresso Americanos. Cause I'm like, I am going to die. Like, I feel like I got hit by a bus yeah. all day, every day, no matter what I do, I'd go to bed at like eight at night, which is super out of character for me. Um. Yeah, and then about five days later, found out I was pregnant. Um, that was another whirlwind kind of in that whole year. Yeah, <laughs> And...
0: I was doing the math. It's like three months of summer classes slash student teaching, a mm-hmm. little session of substitute teacher, yes. and then getting into a groove of being a teacher. And then...
1: And then boom. Yet was another pregnant, change. Yeah, Super nauseous. Um, I just remember praying that I wouldn't throw up in front of the kids. Like every day, I'm like, please not in front of the sixth graders. God, not. In front. And so I'd start to feel like the vomit come up my throat. If I'm just being real, they don't tell you about that. And like professional women working and like being nauseous while pregnant. I'm like, it was so hard. And I'm like, okay, got all these papers to grade lessons to plan. Like, you know, the principal's coming out to do a walkthrough and I'm like on the verge of vomit, like, you know, and you can't control it. So that was another little twist in there. But, um, Yeah, I went back to school that next fall and was there for three weeks. And then I had Adeline, I went into labor at work. Um, That was really special. Um, A time I don't recommend. (laughs) I was like, I woke up like the night before with like one contraction, I'm like, it's fine. And Zach's like, I think I, you should stay home from work today. I'm like, no, it's fine. I'm gonna just drive there, it'll be fine. He's like, nope, I'm gonna drive you actually because like you're having contractions. And I'm like, okay, you can drive me.
0: Thanks and for being a good
1: husband. Yeah. Bless your heart, Zachary. You're the best <laughs> MVP because I could, all of a sudden, I was in the middle of a meeting, um, collaboration on Monday morning. Thankfully, it was just in front of the teachers. But I was like, the contractions just kept coming on and coming on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like trying to be professional. And writhing pain at the next moment yeah. and I'm like, oh, okay. And the other teacher's like looking over and they're like, are you feeling okay? Like you don't look, I'm like, oh, it's fine. And then about half hour went by. I'm like, no, I'm not okay. I'm going to go to the office now. I'm going to go on maternity leave. I'll see you guys later.
0: <laughs> okay. Bye. No.
1: They're like, okay, bye, honey. Have a good time. And like all these older ladies is great.
0: They're probably so, thinking the same thing of like, I did the same thing.
1: Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not the only one. I can't be the only one that no. went to labor at work. And yeah, then I went to the hospital. Anyways, um, so there was that. And then I gave birth to Addie, went back January of that year um, to like April, when she was in daycare. Um, and then we got fired from daycare, like with two days notice. I was like, you guys. I
0: kind of, yeah, I kind of know that story, but. Yeah.
1: And it's just so beyond stressful. And I was trying to be professional at the same time. And then. That was happening, and then like three weeks later, my grandma died, and I'm like, "Wow, okay." That's a lot. What do I do? Yeah, so just a lot to process. I think I was crying daily for a little bit there as I was trying to like grade, <laughs> grade papers. I'm like, "This is so hard." It was fine though. Like,
0: well, that's through. a that's a lot to handle. I mean, like you just said, you just brushed by so much stuff, but yeah, still kind of trying to get your feet into some sort of rhythm with teaching. Yes. Um, because previous conversations with my friend, Travis, mm-hmm. um, he talks about how, like, he didn't really feel like he was in the groove until year three. Right. And you're kind of <laughs> in the middle of year two struggling, and year you're two. getting through that. You're having a baby. Yeah, You're having these family events right. happening. And so, yeah, it sounds like there was right. a lot going on.
1: Yeah. I, I think looking back now, I'm like, wow, there was a lot that I felt like God protected me from at the same time, like carried me through. Yeah. So Yeah, then the school year ended and Zach and I just kind of came to the conclusion of, I think I'm gonna stay home, which I never wanted to do ever.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, It was just never what I felt like was supposed to happen. And then it happened and then I'm like, okay, this is my new role now is staying home. And I'm someone that likes, I'm just not a homebody. I like to be on the go, like Mm -hmm. doing things. So I was home for about a month and then I started an embroidery business um, where I hand stitched embroidery pieces.
0: I briefly remember that yes. only because my sister-in-law I think got a couple.
1: Yes. Yep. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It was great. Um, loved that. And then I had another kid. So then I like couldn't keep up with it cause it takes like hours and hours. And so
0: you don't have hours and hours when you have two kids. Um. Around?
1: I mean, you know, I don't. So that was a little hard adjustment, but I've always liked to create things with yeah. my hands. And so I remember doing art on the green. The kids art in the green. When I was 12, um, and I made like these concrete, like so you get concrete, you mix up concrete, and you get like these rhubarb leaves, like these big okay. leaves. Yeah. And you put it over a like s- sand mound, you shape it, and then it dries, you peel the leaf out, and it's like this bowl kind of. Oh, cool. So I made like bird baths or like stepping stones, and then I'd paint them and I sold them at Art in the Green. Nice. So that was really fun. That was like maybe ninth grade, eighth grade. Um, and then before that, I would make like Kool-Aid jammers. You know those Kool-Aid jammers? Did you ever drink those? Like kind of like Capri Suns. They
0: were the, the like the plastic ones? Yes. Yeah, And the little foil those. things. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I made purses out of them. And so I'd sew purses. And um, I would just like sew all the time with my grandma. She taught me how to yeah. sew. So I'd sew quilts and like outfits for myself and sew those purses and wanted to sell them. Um, I sold flower pots when I was in seventh grade. I did garage sales and yeah. made, it was called frizzle frazzle flower pots. thought the name was so good. And so I'd paint all these flower pots and sell them. And so I think like since, I don't know, whatever age you are in seventh grade, like.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, 12. yeah. I mean, you saying that it sounds like there was always that sense of just wanting to, like you said, do something with your hands yes. and like create things. Right. And so that's. A perfect segue into what you do now. Yes, which is dry shampoo. Correct. So, how did you, how did that become your thing?
1: Oh, okay. Here we go. It's my passion. So, yes, I, two years ago, I've used dry shampoo since for like ten years. And two years ago, I was like holding my breath, putting on the dry shampoo when the kids were in the bathroom, and I was hold, I was holding my breath, and I'm like oh, the kids can't hold their breath. They're just breathing all this in. I wonder what's like in it. So I turned the bottle around and I was like, oh, there's isobutane and propane for the first three ingredients. And I'm like, that's getting absorbed into my skin in under a minute. So propane is inside of me. And then the kids are also breathing that in. So I'm like, I think for everybody's lungs, this is like not good. So I was like, I need to find a solution. Looked online, um, and natural dry shampoos were like upper 30 something dollars per bottle. And I'm like, that just seems like extravagant. Yeah. Ridiculous. So, um, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to make my own, see how it goes. Like I made my own for myself. Um, and then I think I posted about it and then somebody was like, can I buy one? I'm like, yeah, sure. I I guess (laughs) you can buy one. And so she had brown hair and so I made, one for brown hair and she really liked it and put like pure essential oils in it and um, just used organic ingredients. And um, I didn't have to worry about the kids then like suffocating, yeah, you know, from all those toxic fumes and stuff. Um, yeah. So that was 2019, June, 2019. Mm-hmm. And then people kept wanting to buy them. And so yeah. then I just kept kind of posting about them, et cetera, and just kept making them and, People wanted to just keep buying them. So then, um, March 2020, last year, I was like, I started my own Instagram account for my notebook. I saw
0: that. Yep. Yeah. I was like, okay, when did it start? And I went all the way back in March 2020.
1: Yep, March 2020, when the pandemic hit, right? And yep. everybody was like at their homes. And one of my friends was like, you should do your own Instagram page instead of just on your regular page. And I'm like, oh really? And they're like, yeah, just do it. So I was like, okay. So I tried it. Um, and then I was like, okay, I felt free to like post whatever I wanted then and not just inundate people like, yeah. you know, about dry shampoo that didn't want it. So then I did that and um, started meeting other makers along the way and building connections and stuff with that. So yeah. that was really fun. And then April of last year, I got into Vault. Um, my very first shop was one off of Sherman.
0: Was, yeah, for those who don't know, it's a small little coffee shop. Yeah. Sherman and Coeur d'Alene. So. Yep,
1: yeah. Vault, Um, there's one before that and um, I was in there for a little bit, but yeah, so Vault was like the first yeah. one that was like, I kept filling orders for it. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of been doing.
0: So I, before we, because I do want to kind of go more into that, Yeah. but kind of looking back and you went through this journey of not knowing what you wanted to do, yeah, which I would have never guessed. So that was kind of a, a nice little nugget to learn about you, I guess. But yeah. you you go out, you hide it very well.
1: Oh, good. But
0: um, hide all of it. But figuring that out, wanting to do something with kids, yeah, you go through all the schooling, right? You become a teacher, and I guess this would be a question kind of when that when you became a stay at home mom, but also when you're kind of changing and shifting your focus to the dry no dry or the no poo dry shampoo. Yeah. Um, was there any sort of kind of like mental perspective that you had to kind of battle with because you were like, I just spent X amount of years of my life trying to become a teacher. Right. And now I'm, I mean not using any of, not yes. any of those, but I'm not using a lot of those skills yes. that I spent so much time and energy and right classes and
1: mm-hmm. having
0: to do all this prep for. Yeah. Was there anything like that? I mean, Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. They're even still sometimes like in the back of my mind, everybody's like, are you going back to teaching? When are you going back to teaching? Are you going to be a teacher again? Like I get that question all the time. And Mm. um, there's like still in the back of my mind, like, oh, maybe I should because I didn't even teach for as long as I went to school for. Like, oh, but then um, now I just, I don't think I could go back to teaching. Like I just don't plan to. Yeah. And I don't think... I could do um, like a seven to four again. Um, It was just like doing that Monday through Friday and then having a family and everything. But every single day, like 40, it was probably like 50 hour work weeks with you add in all the other stuff Um, and being a mom and like trying to raise my own kids and like raising other people's kids, you know, and which I loved and I still love. Like, I don't like the structure of teaching. Like I have to teach them lessons, like, but yeah. I loved being around the kids and like building that relationship. And yeah. like now they're old enough to have jobs. And so I've been seeing them around and they're like, is that you, Mrs. Davis? Like three times this weekend, different places. I was like, oh my gosh, you were 11. Like, what is it? They're like, how are you? And yeah, Just crazy. But yeah, so I would say there's definitely been a lot of mental battles with that. And like, okay, is this the right thing? Should I just do it? Should I just go back to teaching? Because like, I know it and I like it. And I could like, I know exactly what I'm gonna make salary wise. Yeah. Um, So there's like that draw, but then at the end of the day, like the entrepreneurial part, um, like stepping more so into that. And like, that's what I've loved doing since a young age, since I was making those freaking flower pots, you know? I was gonna say,
0: you you saying that story of like, in seventh or eighth grade, I was not making things and like going to Aron Green and selling stuff. Right, I was messing around with guy friends and playing too many video games and drinking a bunch of Mountain Dew. So, (laughs) this is definitely like the entrepreneur thing was not yeah top of mind.
1: So yeah, it. I don't know. I just was like, okay. Like if I can make it, I want to, if I can make it by myself, that's like what brings me a lot of joy. Like knowing I can accomplish it and do it. And, um, like just hands-on projects, hands-on projects around the house. Like I love that satisfaction of like fixing whatever it is, the dishwasher, you know, like the, the drain, the garbage disposal, I was fixing that the other day and getting the Allen, the Allen wrench underneath the bottom of it. Have you ever done that?
0: I've had to do that a couple times. It's pretty fun, yep.
1: <laughs> pretty fun. It's like little simple things, but I don't yeah. know, just like things with my hands. And so doing this, I'm just like, this is like what I love to do. And now having grown, like I still get my like kid film it at church. I like work in the yeah. kindergarten, first grade room. And like, that's awesome. I love connecting with the kids then, mm-hmm. but then I'm like, okay, that was good, that was good. That was filling. I
0: scratched my itch for kids yes. and I'm good I right was, now. I
1: could teach them their lesson yeah. and then like now go on, you know? And, yeah. um, so yeah, it's just weird. Cause like my aunt just retired after 35 years of doing it. My other aunt retired from teaching after 33 years or so of yeah. teaching and, um, they just retired and it's just like, Oh, like that could be me in 30 years. But then I'm like, I don't think I can do it. Like, I just don't think I'm designed or built to do that specific thing yeah. and also like how Kelsey said like how your life changes and like your you know perspective and vision changes as you change and grow and um you know like she wanted to do the orthodontics and then you know it just kind of changed and shift and shifted and so yeah that's kind of how it got me i think to now in the present and like getting in more storefronts and now I'm in a couple more. Um, I'm going to talk, I'm talking to wellness bar and then to pilgrims. Yeah. And then I'm in mountain madness right now. I'm doing filling my biggest order yet. 150 bottles for them. So just trying to find time to do that while, while the kids are at home, you know, yeah. so usually Addie does quiet time and Owen does nap time. And I'm just like mad woman, like trying to make all the stuff. And Please
0: stay asleep or be quiet for yes. two to three hours.
1: Yes. That would be great. I usually get an hour yeah. every day. So, yeah. And then at nights. Well, it's cool. Down.
0: It's cool to hear how, how quick everything is going. Cause mm-hmm. from the outside, um, it seems like you've been doing this for longer than a year and a half, Yeah, which that might, I mean, you might've been doing it longer than a year and a half, but like officially started right. in last March. Yeah. And so, like you said, you're already, you're already involved you're featured in the wellness bar magazine. Yeah, Sounds like you're in talks to a couple more stores, you're in mountain madness. So like, Mm. it sounds like it's definitely, it's nice because it sounds like it's going at a pace that one you're comfortable with, Yeah, but it's always keeping you doing more. Like you just said the large order you have to fulfill
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: it's like, okay, I have to get used to doing this because if I want to get into right. more stores or even bigger stores, yes. like these are going to be minimum orders. Right. And so if you're in three stores like Mount Madness, there could be yeah. three, 200 orders. And you're like, okay, cool. Like I have to figure this out. right? So And it sounds like because you're a little tinkerer around the house already, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you like those smaller problems if you have like, okay, how am I going to solve this? Yeah.
1: Right, yeah, and that's what my husband says too, like, okay, so what is your, like, where do you see this going? I'm like, I just like doing it every day by day. I just kind of take it to, he's like, okay, but also like you need to stop treating it like, you know, a hobby and treat it like a business, like it is. And I'm like, oh, okay. I just am not like the business minded, you know? So like having to shift gears into like being a teacher where i 0% business minded, right? Then to now be like, okay, how do I own my own business? And then grow it, not just have it be stagnant. And then also have it like eventually, I want to get into Target. That's the goal. That's the that's the the Mount Rushmore ten-year goal. Yes, because I'm obsessed with Target. Right, working there for four years. Um, Love it. So, anyways, that's my goal. But now I just have to like do the logistics. So I just downloaded QuickBooks onto my phone. Yeah, I feel official. I'm like, wow, I can like keep track of like driving to different places. Was that business or was it personal? Like all yeah. of the expenses, you know, that I buy for product. I mm-hmm. can now keep it all in one place, which is yeah. just foreign to me. So I'm like, wow, this is so great. And what probably every business owner does that I'm like, oh, this is good now. Yeah, Kind of like officially getting getting organized or at least
0: feeling like you're more organized.
1: Right. Right.
0: So what's, um, what's one of the biggest challenges you've had to face with, uh, the dry shampoo? Like what was the, I guess one of the bigger hurdles you're like, okay, I'm either going to figure this out or walk away.
1: Right. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, I think getting over the fact that I can't please everybody. Right. So I, I, like my product isn't gonna please everybody. I'm not gonna make every single customer happy. Like, yeah, I'm gonna try my best, but I can't let that eat up at me. Like I've had just different experiences now where it's like, okay, like that customer was not happy or, um, you know, they copied me or whatever it is. And like, how do you overcome that and grow? And like, my husband is just so wise and he's like, just stay in your lane, Aaron, like stay in your own lane. And you just got to keep doing you and like keep, yeah. you know, get your energy on you and then, you know, your product and everything and like, let them just, whatever, um, doesn't matter really. I'm like, but it, but it does matter. Uh, and he's like, no, it doesn't. It
0: sounds very much like the roadhouse days of like, you have to, you, like you just said, you can't satisfy everyone, even though you're yes. there, when they need a refill of, of a beverage or mm-hmm. they need a new side, or they want to order more things or all that right. stuff. Right. And at the end of the day, like some people just, Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) choose to be angry. Yeah.
1: So it choose to be angry. And I'm like, you know what? It's because they have something going on deeper down. (laughs) They have something going on. Cause then I would take it all personally because I'm like, let's just be friends with everybody. Mm -hmm. And then that's not possible. You know, coming to learn in life, like you can't be friends with everybody here. And so it's fine. Just like (laughs) move on. Yeah.
0: That was, that was one of the hardest lessons that I had to learn when I was at roadhouse. Um, Cause I was, so I, I started there when I, I mean, I think you know this, but I started there when I was, when it first opened up Okay. and kind of just naturally like dur- during the grand opening of a roadhouse, mm-hmm. it's like a huge party. It's like a week and a half long party wow. and it was awesome and it was fun. And I was like, this is, I want to do this. Yes, like, this is what it. I'm going to do. Yes. So like immediately like to start talking to the managers and the owner at the time, your father-in-law, Dan Davis. Yeah. And I was really fortunate because he kind of took me under his wing and just knew where I wanted to go. And mm-hmm. he really helped me grow into that. But I remember I became a server. I was still, I think I was either, I was 20 or I was just about to turn 20 Yeah. and I was just working really hard. Of like, Okay. I need, in order to travel, right. I needed to be a trainer in multiple positions to be attractive. So I was like, right. okay, I'm already a busser trainer. Yeah. I need to be a server trainer. I need to be a bar trainer. And then I need to be like. I think it was like salad trainer for whatever reason. Like I just wanted to be as attractive I as possible to, to like get out and travel. And I remember I overheard some people like talking crap about me mm-hmm. and like a 20 year old. I'm just like, like, what did I do to nice deserve heart. this? Come on. And he could see that I was in a funk and he sat me down. He's like, you need to understand that there's a part of them that, Is either like jealous or frustrated that you're a 20 year old Mm -hmm. and some of these servers are in their 30s and 40s Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and that's what they're doing in their 30s and 40s and so they have to listen to a 20 year old tell them kind of what to do and what they needed to clean yeah and so they're just frustrated and a lot of it has to do with their insecurities
1: that makes sense
0: and it was just really hard for me to understand that like yeah no you can't just be friends with everybody like why like we're all having a good time and like but yet they would turn around and be like Ugh, Mason tell me what to do like whatever like right. he's not even doing something correctly he's like right I just it was such a weird concept at the time yeah and now I'm just like oh yeah no like some people just choose to be upset and right. choose to be in a very negative mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. which is unfortunate
1: I know it's because, sad because we can overcome it
0: yeah you can All choose to in not the, be yeah. well,
1: the battle of the mind I'm reading this book right now and um, by Craig Rochelle mm. and it's winning the battle of the mind or winning the war in
0: is that his most? It's his mo- one of his most recent. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, I've been very close to so pulling good. the trigger on, on buying it. You
1: should definitely buy it because, like, like every page, I'm like, yes, yes, okay, this is so true. Like, I don't do podcasts very well because it takes a oh. lot within me to like sit there and like like take it in. So, I'm like, I just huge love doing podcast
0: books. junkie.
1: I I wish I was more. I just have such a hard time. It takes so much just, dis- and I think just because like taking care of the kids and I'm like okay oh my gosh when I just am never alone in the car I'm never alone really ever and so I'm
0: still at the stage where my child doesn't really yell at me when I'm not listening to something he doesn't want Mm -hmm. to listen to so he just has to deal with it yeah so yeah that I'm sure eventually I'm gonna have to tone it down because right now I'm listening to six different podcasts okay and I'm like caught up on all of them and I listen to them at two times speed and it's just like wow all the time. That's like really I have to, impressive. there's sometimes where I'm like, okay, no, like I should listen to music or listen to silence uh-huh. because I'm always yeah, going forward. And but sometimes that's like it's not like a the, bad thing yeah, at, at times. It could be. Okay.
1: Well, yeah, everything in moderation, <laughs> yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Books. Definitely though. I just love underlining and highlighting. I think cause I'm just like a, like kinesthetic learner and yeah. visual learner i'm like zero percent auditory so like all i it's a miracle i made it through school honestly i'm like how did i even survive actually no it's my classmates even through college i would like zone out the teacher every time and i'd be like okay so what are we doing like every time i remember the teacher i'd raise my hand and ask her what we're doing as she was explaining it to me i, I just kind of remember that in elementary school vaguely like okay aaron you need to put your hand on until I'm done talking and then you could he- understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So whenever I'd have students that were like super chatty, I always got in trouble for talking all the time, like yeah. whatever. And yeah, chatty and didn't listen. I'm like, it's karma. It's karma. Cause that was me. And yeah. it's very frustrating. I'm so sorry to all my teachers. They were saints. They were, they were saints. Um, but thank- thankful for my classmates um, yeah. that I would just ask what was going on.
0: See, I had, I, I definitely like, if I am ever reading a book, mm-hmm. I'm definitely a highlighter and underliner. Yes. But the amount of times I'm reading a book is very far and few between. Cause I just like, yeah, I like, I'll read a paragraph and it's like, Oh, what did I just read?
1: Right. And I'll See, read it again. Yeah. And be like,
0: I don't know what I just Everybody read.
1: Everybody just learns differently, so. you know, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really inspiring and challenging book. And like, you know, we get stuck in these thought processes, obviously in our daily lives of what we can and can't do. Yeah and how to get out of that. Like I heard it once where it's kind of like you walk through the lawn to the mailbox and you take the same exact pathway every time and you make like a like a literal trail through the grass mm-hmm. and it like makes like a rut over time. And like that's what happens in our brains when we do the same thing the same way. Um, and it, so we're literally creating new brain trails when we grow, when we have a growth mindset, when we learn more, seek to learn more. Um, so that's what I have been trying to do is create new brain trails of, you know, like an upset in the business. This person was doing that. Oh, I don't even know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. Like, how do I overcome that? How do I learn and then move on and not yeah. just dwell on it as long? So that's yeah, it's time. more
0: of, I mean, it's anything, I mean. I always default to sports, but it's like, when you lose, it's like, okay,
1: mm-hmm.
0: well, what did I, what is something that I did or what can I do better next time right. to avoid that? And yes. so I'd imagine like you just said, it's okay, this person's upset. Mm-hmm. And instead of being like, oh, what was me? Right. Like this person should have known better yeah. and like I explained it properly. Mindset. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. it's their fault. Yeah. Exactly. That. You're like you're shifting that and like, okay, no, like yeah. how can I be better how can right. my products be better how can i present this better yeah to avoid anything like this happening again
1: yeah definitely yeah so i think that's been one of the bigger hurdles has just been internally of like yeah. my my brain um, trying to adapt and learn and um grow and um when covid hit at the, you know in march april i was trying to order stuff it wasn't coming in and people were like where's my shampoo i'm like i'm so sorry like i'm just waiting on product like yeah. my bottles to get in you know and um, they were pretty gracious, but it was still like, I felt so out of control. And mm-hmm. so like, okay, there I can't always be in control of every single thing. Like I wanna be, but like, yeah. there's just times that I just can't and just have to like go with the flow and just, you know, still move on.
0: Yeah, One well, like you said, it's, it's cr- I mean, I, I don't know where I've heard this or how prominent it is, but it's control the controllables. Yeah. And so it's like, like you said, you were learning that okay, I've, I've ordered my product. Mm-hmm. I've communicated to the clients that were just delayed. Like I have to, I have to now figure out how I need to be, I need to tell myself right, to like let it go. It's not because I definitely, I have tendencies to do the same thing where it's like, mm. I have everything communicated to clients. I have my team working on a project and I'm sitting there like, okay, like this needs to be done. Like I need to give this to, to the client and this, like we need to get forward. And it's like, no, yes. like I've done my job. Yes. Like I'm I can now allow myself to sit here and be like, okay, what else can I do? Let's take a breather. It's not a Mm -hmm. panic button every day type of thing. It's not
1: all on you a thousand percent, you know, which you take on and then, yeah. So, um, I'm hoping to hire someone, um, Maybe by next year, um, higher on just for more volume orders and getting them done and not taking five weeks to do them, you know? Yeah. And then I actually put the kids in preschool pre-K for this fall. So I'll have three hours, a couple of days a week in the morning where I can, you know, do deliveries and yeah, work on making it and. So So right um, now
0: you're, you're a one stop shop. You, um, you order the products, you make the, you make the products and you deliver them. Yeah. There's no outsourcing at this time.
1: I mean, yeah, I, I ship nationwide. So the only outsourcing is the post office who then delivers it to that state. You're not going to drive across country. Thankfully, no. Hi, that's (laughs) the boundary. That's the limit that I did. But, um, yeah, so that's, yeah, I just do it all. And if I, I'm like, dang it, who didn't order the inventory? Oh, that's me. That's me. Oh, And then I freak out inside for a moment and I'm like, okay, just get online, order it right now. And then, yeah, I ordered my first uh, 35 pound bag of one of my products, one of my powders that I use. And so that was surreal to like haul that through the door. But I'm like, I'm going to go through this like, in not that long. And I started off with just like a little small, you know, one pound or half a pound bag of, organic air root powder. Yeah. I was,
0: ima- was going to say, I imagine, like you said, you started making it for yourself and you're like, right. okay, I'm going to make this tiny bag probably last would have last you like a couple months. I don't right. know. I don't know how long yes. you use dry shampoo because yes. I don't. Well, actually, alert. so
1: funny, I would go through two to three like aerosol cans a month from Target. Yeah. And then one of my bottles lasts me about four months when used regularly. Oh, wow. So I'm like, so... Yeah, it actually lasts
0: lasts longer, longer and longer. is healthier for you.
1: And it's healthier and it actually works better. Not to like toot my own horn, but people have said, oh, yours actually works better and it's less like um, a weird texture because the aerosol cans have alcohol in it and yeah. the alcohol will dry out your roots and then it'll make it. like
0: Which a- is ironic because that's not what you're supposed to happen, right. I would assume. It's,
1: right, yeah, you, you're not supposed to like dry out your hair using alcohol, but, um, you know, it's just those things that we just do it, you know, it's part of the yeah norm. and then I'm like, no, this needs to not be part of the norm here. Whoa, there's essential oils too. Like don't give me started on that. Those are great. but yeah, so it's just all of those kind of that mindset also has shifted in the last since having kids really, yeah. like how to create a safer, more non-toxic home for them, yeah, you know as well, especially with diseases, cancer on the rise, all these things. It's like, let's look at the products we're using and mm-hmm. like. Absorbing into our skin and like a buildup of that, yeah, that can't be good. So,
0: when I I I listen to one of the podcasts I listen to, it's a health and fitness, but one of the gentlemen on there is very uh, research focused Mm -hmm. and is very much like, okay, like what's going on, what are they finding, and there's a couple studies he's brought up recently that one, the average testosterone level in males mm-hmm. that are in their twenties mm-hmm. are the same levels of 60 year olds in like the seventies and eighties. And wow. so they're like, the, cause they're, they're three former, uh, fitness trainers. Uh-huh. And they've talked about like the biggest thing they see a huge rise is like people in their twenties, like reaching out to them, like, Hey, like I have uh, erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. Or they're like trying to get their testosterone up and all of these things, and wow. And then another uh, research thing that you found is a lot of it has to do with the chemicals that are just circulating in our stuff mm-hmm. from plastics or preservatives. And unfortunately, a lot of that stuff is permanent; like it just doesn't go away. It's just right. forever present in our bodies. And right. unfortunately, like when it comes to women ingesting some of that stuff, like mm-hmm. it's in their breast milk. It's in it's in their bodily fluids and when so yeah. when they're having babies, like right. it gets passed on the baby. So the babies are already being exposed to chemicals mm-hmm. before they get out of the womb and then they already have all these chemicals and then it compounds because. Right, so because it's of everything? Because of life. Because of everything that we're trying to. And
1: Ugh.
0: it's just crazy because I was saying all that because to kind of yeah. like you said, like how can we put as, as many safety measures as possible right, to protect not only ourselves, but our kids right, because like you say, other diseases, sickness.
1: Mm-hmm. We're kind of like Close. the, our parents, us, we're kind of the trial, um, you know, test run of all these things. Like yeah. my mom's like, Oh yeah, I remember just, it was normal to wash the windows with vinegar and like a paper towel or like the newspaper. She's like, we just washed with the newspaper and vinegar. It mm-hmm. wasn't like the 409 on the shelves and Windex and Clorox and all of these things, you know? Yeah. Um,
0: and unfortunately, like when things get FDA approved or whatever you want to call it. Right. I mean, they're saying like, okay, right now in the, in the span of five seconds that someone used it, it's safe. Right. But there's so much more that we're finding out now that like, who knows how we could have prevented this if, but you can't, unfortunately you can't test things for 10 to
1: 20 to 25 years. Right. So we're like the, you know, the Guinea pigs for it all. And it's like every, it's a free. You know, country, so everybody can make their own product. Hence, I'm making my own, you know, dry shampoo. But they're like, oh, well, I'm going to make money off of this, you know, off of bleach, and then it, you know, the bleach industry then rises, and everybody's using bleach because that's just what you do to disinfect. And it's like, oh, you know, untraining my brain to think if it doesn't smell like bleach, it can still be cleaned. Yeah, Um, and it can still be clean. Uh, that was very, very hard for me to get used to and like wrap my brain around. Like yeah. it doesn't like, Oh, I can enjoy smell the smell like. of cleaning. Yes. Um. So yeah, it's just wild and sad. And it, you go kind of down a dark rabbit hole of the non-toxic world. And it's like, okay, yeah. let's have limits on that. And like, I'm like, Zach, did you hear about this? Do One you know thing at a this? time. Yes. He's like, okay, I think you need to like turn off your phone and like not look at that. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right.
0: Well, um, so for those who don't know, Zach's a real estate agent, owns his own company. He's the hottest
1: one ever. Yeah,
0: I I can't confirm that. Um, (laughs) But so he's doing that, and they're very successful with his company. You have no poo dry shampoo. Mm -hmm. Um, What's something that you hope as your kids get older Mm -hmm. and they see their parents running a business in real estate, running this dry shampoo business? What's something that you're hoping that they just either see or learn over time mm-hmm. with how hard you guys are working?
1: I think that they can just do whatever they put their mind to, you know, like freaking dry shampoo is taking off. Like, I don't know. It's just these random things that it doesn't have to be. I think the, the thought process and way of thinking, you know, was like, you go to school, like generations before us, you go to school and that's the only way that you can make an income and like school is wonderful. And like, we're not gonna discourage them from going to school Yeah, if that's like, you know, what they, you know, will get them to their goal. Like, right, like I couldn't be a teacher without having a degree, obviously. And I wanted to be a teacher. So um, I think not forcing that on them. And so like that, that balance of like, do what you want to do, be doing something, you know, like, yeah, we don't obviously want you to just be at the, on the couch at home until you're 30.
0: Yeah. No bums allowed.
1: Yeah. No bums allowed out, you know, and you hear me now. Um, but at the same time, yeah. When having them encouraging them to pursue their dreams and trying to equip them to do that. um,
0: I think it's, it's interesting because like you touched on earlier, like there, we're kind of in this middle of like things shifting Mm -hmm. and so we heard from our parents all the time go to school get a degree get a job that's what you do right and we're kind of in this middle of okay well a lot of us didn't do this Mm -hmm. do that or we kind of did it and didn't work out so we're doing something different right and so it'll be interesting to see like as Xander your kids as they get older it's like okay like how does not only how does learning look for them Mm -hmm. but what's quote-unquote defined as success or the path you should go down. Right. Um, because yeah, like you said, there's some careers that just require school. Like, right. Can't be a teacher without a degree. Yeah. Can't be a doctor without going to med school. Right. Can't be a lawyer without like, so there's certain things that will require that. Yeah. But there's a lot to where like you either learn on your own, mm-hmm. learn on the job or just figure it out. Right. And so it'll be interesting. Cause I think our parents are on the like, no, you need to do this, this and this. And we're like, eh, are well, like you can, but you don't have to. Right. But like you said, you want to make sure that our kids just aren't bums and yeah. not really trying to do anything. Yeah.
1: Just like flipping about life with no drive, like how do yeah. you inspire them, but not like, you know, not overbearing at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I think Zach's big thing is like leading by example and, you know, just like showing them like, this is what I love to do. And, you know, you can do what you want to do yeah. and whatever, you, whatever your passions are. And so trying to figure that out, you know, as they get older And then doing what we can do to like get them involved in different things, like whatever it is, you know, Owen um, loves golf, um, just loves it. Like wants his golf ball to sleep with, like it's his binky, (laughs) little pacifier, it's his, yeah. Um, And he asks for a golf story every night and he wants to listen to the masters. Um theme song.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Zach loves Zach it. Zach is probably like over the
1: moon. He's like he's more obsessed than I am. <laughs> like he loves it. And yeah. so it's like, okay, how can we encourage him? Like if he wants to be a professional golfer, like, you know, we'll try to, you know, help him get there the best as we can. Yeah. And um, you know, whatever Addy um wants to do and just trying to pick up on their, you know.
0: Yeah. How like they learn like you said, how they learn how they learn and how can you yeah. encourage them without being overbearing, I think is right the big thing right because that's definitely one of my biggest worries of like I want to teach Xander the stuff that I learned Uh huh I don't want to necessarily have him learn it the way I learned it because it was a lot it was through a lot of difficulty and a lot of things I had to figure out on my own trial
1: and error there but at the
0: same time like I don't want to be overbearing and like protect him from all that right because then that sets him up for failure so it's like that weird I know that I have to let him feel the pains that I felt but I don't want him to
1: (laughs) yes it's that would be so hard. Like when that time comes, I just remember dating a guy that my mom did not like in high school. Like, did not told me daily, she wanted me to break up with him, which then pushed me, you know, closer and be like, nah, I'm gonna do what I, I want. I love him. I love him so much. We, I, I was like, we're gonna get married, you know. And I think as we'll like, show you, a sixteen year old is a little like we were. Like we met up with the youth pastor. Like this is going to happen. And then I think she had a heart attack. And then I think she learned to just stop saying anything at all um after about nine months and then I kind of came to it on my own okay what do I actually think about it instead of my parents what what are they telling me to think? Yeah and then I'm like, oh actually I don't think this would be good in the long run. okay yeah, no, I think we should break up and uh <laughs> so yeah you know just like going through that and then obviously I experienced all the Devastating heartbreak, all that, blah blah blah. But yeah. I had to go through that in order to learn. Like I couldn't be kept from that. Like my mom, they tried to, you know, keep me. They're like, no dating until like you're 17. No doing this, that, that. Like all the steps to like make me not do it. But then I'm like, I'm gonna sneak around it and yep. do what I want. Yep. So I was that child. And yeah, um,
0: everybody has those tendencies though. Cause yeah, I mean, you can see it. I mean, I see it in Xander. I'm sure you see it in your two kids. Like yes. if you say don't do something enough, yeah. they're like. You mean that yeah I'm gonna go do that
1: mm-hmm. oh you know want me to touch the outlet well I'm gonna go ahead and try to stick my face in there yep see what happens so yeah that uh yeah inspiring but not overbearing yeah that'll be interesting
0: well um back show I'm just gone in for an hour oh I'm always what? like at this point where I'm like oh yeah it's it's pretty close it's wow. pretty cool so um just wrap it up I do want to touch on um a couple things that I have everyone fill out and yeah. so the first thing is is what, you, uh, what does it mean to be a high achiever to you? So I'm just going to read it mm-hmm. and just kind of dissect it a little bit. So yeah. yeah, you answered, always looking on the horizon in how to grow, connect, and relate with people and my business in putting action to ideas, Yeah, which I think through this hour, people can definitely tell that when you have something, when you have an idea, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, how can I do it? Right. And I think obviously the the dry shampoo is the, the most recent example to where you're like, oh, like I want to I buy this. Yeah. I don't want to spend that. How right. can I make it? It's right. not like, oh, because a lot of people could have been just, I guess I'm going to use the, bad the best quote unquote version I can find and right. like justify it. Yeah. And you're like, no, I'm going to make it.
1: I'm going a, I'm to a make it. So I'm like, Zach, I'm just going to order some products here for, he's like, oh, okay, do it. And now it's like, I order a lot of products. Yeah. <laughs> so do
0: you, do you have like a little room where you just store everything or is it just everywhere?
1: Um. Well, it's in a, like this. Pantry cupboard type thing right now where I and in another room, and it's overflowing to a, this big drawer. And on the so countertop, it's everywhere. So it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, Pilgrims was saying that they have a room that I could maybe use, like rent out.
0: Oh, that's exciting, which would be
1: really cool. Except, do I have to bring my product there every single time, lug it back, or because it's powder so it just gets heavy in bottles. Yeah.
0: You can just like have a nice workout on the way to and from. I mean,
1: that is true. I could do, I think the house would look nicer if I did that too.
0: (laughs) Just have it in, then it would just, everything would be in the car.
1: Yeah. Then it'd be in the car. Literally. I could make it in the car. I could be a mobile shampoo service. Just like
0: driving and like mixing.
1: Hey, whatever it takes.
0: Um, That's awesome. So uh, the original reason why I started this podcast um, is I wanted to find out kind of how high performers people that are always on the go Mm -hmm. kind of flip the switch, relax and just kind of like decompress. Right. Um, so I'm interested because you're doing all of this at home, raising two kids. You don't necessarily have like a to and from place that you're going and coming and going from. Yep. So what does it look like for you to kind of flip that switch at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and get some time for Aaron and relax?
1: Um, so it all started, I think during quarantine. So at first, my me time was like embroidering, but then that became a business. So then I was like, well, this is not relaxing anymore, you know. So, um then I started taking baths in like our clawfoot tub in our old house, and then I would try to make them like as bougie as I could. This was like during quarantine as a stay-at-home mom that obviously wasn't essential to go anywhere, like just I just needed go something nowhere. And I'm like going nowhere for endless weeks. I'm like I'm going to die, especially being like a high people person. Um,
0: you're, you're a little bit of a social butterfly for people that don't know you.
1: Yeah. So that's what I've been told. Um, so I'm like, okay, I need an outlet. And I used to hate taking baths, like hated it. And it sounds so crazy, but I really feel like God gave me a passion for baths because I thought they were the grossest thing. I'm like, this is nasty. You're soaking in your own filth, like gross. But then I started like bringing like Organic fair trade chocolate in there and then olipops and wine and flowers and I started reading like the Harry Potter series and then started, for the fifth time For the fifth time and uh you know watching movies in Netflix and then just like that's the time where like I can't really do anything. I mean the phone I guess could drop in the tub, but that would be bad. So I try not to like text or yeah. mails or anything like that while I'm and then just like, okay this is this is just my time where. To make it as bougie as I can, or even on the nights that it's not bougie, you know,
0: just still taking still that
1: bringing, time to yeah, bring a LaCroix, still some cashews. And
0: what's what are some and, things, excuse me? So, before that, I would imagine you kind of like had time for yourself, but it wasn't really planned, it wasn't really scheduled. It was just kind of right. like almost because I've caught myself at times too, just like justifying things like, oh, like, like that's alone time, like that's fine, right? Um, did you notice any? Just shifts either in your mood or your energy or your stress levels. Like once you started doing that regularly, you're like, wow. Like okay, like this is yes, not necessarily the bath, but it's just more of the action of right taking air in time.
1: Right, knowing and, I'm gonna go do that just yeah. for me and for you know no laundry for nobody else, just me. And yeah, definitely. I became a better mom, (laughs) more patient. I feel like still, you know, struggle, but, um, more patient, more like, Oh, I have something. I'm going to look forward to this later on, you know, and like planning it in my mind and like, okay, that's going to get me through like the bewitching hours of when the children are losing their minds from 5 PM to bedtime. And I'm like going to go insane. So, uh, yeah, I remember when they just used to be little babies, like splashing in the bath. Cute and I'm cuddly. I'm like, well, what is a bewitching hour? Those parents are crazy and so judgmental and harsh. And then I'm like, oh, there is a bewitching hour. And if it has not come yet, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He
0: has he has his, his moments. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, I love them so dearly, so dearly. Um, but yeah, that's when I was like, I would get, you know, more angsty in the evening because it's like you're going all day. And so yeah. then- and then you
0: kind of, you know, that that's coming and you're like, yeah. I don't want to deal with this today. You're like, please just be good. And then they're not good. And you're like, right. I love them.
1: Yes. And then I strap them in the car and we go on drives and, um, they start going to the Croc center. That was so helpful. Um, yeah. Cause I get two hours of checking the kids in and then I can go exercise and like read. Um, and that's been a lifesaver. I started that when Owen was four months old. Um, and I've been going every single week unless we've been on vacation. Nice. I've gone every week unless yeah, we're sick. Um, and I vowed to go at least two times a week uh, or three if I can make it. And that has been also a complete game changer of like, I don't work when I'm working out. You know, I'm like just watching a Netflix show and like pounding it out on the this, this stair climber or whatnot. And it's very helpful for yeah. sanity so exercise and baths i'd say that's good and wine and yeah. olipops <laughs> do we Ollipops have any olipops fans out uh. there do we know what an olipop is because if you don't
0: you got to find them you got to get them
1: pilgrims so good
0: yeah what's your what's your favorite flavor of the olipops
1: strawberry vanilla okay. it has a most um flavor profile out of all of them um three i've tried the orange one is pretty good I think over some ice in the summertime I'll be good. They're coming out yeah. a new flavor. Did you see that? Uh
0: it's like orange cream.
1: Orange creamsicle. Yeah. Yes. Did you have
0: the blackberry vanilla last year? No. Oh, that was so what? good. What is that yeah. coming
1: back? Is it gonna make? I it don't
0: know. Back? I should have ordered more. I ordered a twelve pack, and then oh. they went they went really fast. <laughs>
1: yeah, I got Zach on them now, so now we have them more often in the house. Yeah, it was great. He's like, "Oh, we got to go get pops I'm like, "Yes, babe, let's yep. go get yeah yeah, I love language.
0: I uh, I found them. I think I found them at Fred Meyer first. Yeah, and I randomly got home, and cause he's like, "What are these?" I'm like, "Oh, they're really good. Like, they're whatever the probiotic, and mm-hmm. they're just a good alternative to soda." Yeah, cause they are. Yeah, and she's like, "Okay," and I was like, "And she's like, how much are they?" And she finds the receipt. And she's like, "They were two something." I'm like, totally. "Babe." Just, you're like, just try shh, them out, shh, it's, it's fine, okay, it's fine. And then now she's like, Hey, if, if you're on your way home, you can stop by Pilgrims and get some Olipops, yes. it'd be great.
1: You're like, <laughs> Okay, my work so, here is done.
0: Well, and now hooked, I have a beverage barn in our fridge. Oh, so yes. I'm a huge beverage person, yes. And so I have I, all, all the time I have Olipops, I have zevias, okay, I have ginger beer. Or adult beverages
1: yes and then
0: usually an array of like sours and like other Ooh, bev- drinks but okay
1: we'll be right over yeah we'll come over soon
0: usually some margarita mix oh
1: just a little bit of everything i'm ready but i'm ready to yeah. party so that's these awesome. are
0: always always, always in, in stock yeah i love that well um before we go yep how do how do people find your page do you have a website plug yourself because i would love people to come okay. and check your stuff out
1: hey thank you yeah i mean i um uh, if you're local, you can find me in shops at vault or mountain Mountain soap company. Um, there's, I'm in Spokane now in a storefront called the Garland mercantile. And so if you're in Spokane on Garland, it's on Garland Avenue. Um, or I have my website, no poo dry com. I have an Instagram where you could find that, um, and see like tutorials and things. Cause it's different since it's a powder, how to apply it. Um, But once you get kind of like a little system down, it ends up working really great. I had Zach use it the other day, I think. Um, He said he liked it. I was like, okay. And um, teens, preteens, I've had um, some moms get it for their preteens and said it's worked really well for like, you know, that awkward, greasy stage where they can't quite wash it all out. Yeah. Yeah. So they've loved that. And anyway, yeah
0: to be honest i didn't know that guys could use it so
1: yeah i've had a couple guy customers they'll get unscented or like a cedarwood pine type one Hmm. um, especially if they you know have longer hair and struggle with the grease a little bit
0: i don't have really long hair but no i could still um, try it You put
1: it on your shaved sides (laughs) just rub (laughs) rub some powder there (laughs) yeah Uh, the longer
0: hair but nice yeah well thanks again for doing this yes thank Um, you so much it was really cool conversation to have like i said in the beginning we haven't really had something like this before. Yeah, and so it was cool to get to great. know you. And we've always kind of been one degree. Totally. And so this was fun. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for everyone tuning in
1: and yeah, we'll just catch you next time. Have a good day. Bye.